You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hi, my name is Blake and I have just a quick note before we get started. Actually, it's more like a recommendation because this podcast is an immersive audio experience, part fact, part fantasy. It's best that you listen with headphones on, imagination on, and everything else turned off. Welcome to Abandoned, the All-American Ruins podcast. Season 2, Episode 11. Zombies. People tend to take the railroad pretty much for granted. We in the railroad business probably haven't told the story of the changing conditions in our industry. I realize it's unlikely that a formative zombie apocalypse could ever happen, though maybe not, because we've been navigating our own light version of the zombie apocalypse for the past three years. The railroads have been so much a part of our American history and landscape that most of us don't realize how much they have kept changing. For the railroads have changed with the times. The first time I explored the abandoned AFI packaging plant, it was covered in fog. It crawled up over the hills of Port Jervis, a tidal wave of compressed water droplets that kick-started my zombie apocalypse fantasy into overdrive and left me weirdly wanting more. said, we're coming east to keep your cities fed, your industries alive and growing. Today, the unkempt tri-junction of Port Jervis, where New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania collide is muggy but fogless. The town is a fading centerpiece of the Rust Belt. Once a bustling industrial port for coal shipments via the eventually defunct canals and railroads, PJ, as I've taken to calling it, is now a giant scar and a symbol of the Great Depression, the induction of the interstate highway system, and plain old natural disasters. The failure of the canal and railway systems sparked a steep economic depression that, to this day, cloaks the city and surrounding towns. A heavy load to carry, carrying the country on its back from the 19th into the 20th century. From the furrow of the rails sprouted our modern industrial world. I feel the weariness of the region in my bones as I approach the entrance to AFI packaging. It's summer 2021. As far as we've been told, the vaccine will help significantly slow the death rate, but that's about it. It's the only information that has remained consistent since day one, but it seems like everyone forgot. I'm alone. I reach what appears to be an old security entrance on the side of the property. I look past the gate, which isn't hard to get around, to see a gravel pathway leading up to the backside of the building. The complex is an expansive sprawl, an amalgamation of nine individual buildings awkwardly stitched together. I round the corner to a derelict shipping and receiving dock where the fantasy takes over. Thank you.
In my imagination, I'm the sole survivor of a zombie apocalypse, seeking shelter for the next few days, figuring out a plan to stay alive. Death is not an option. It hasn't been an option since I first learned about the rapidly spreading virus that burst onto the scene in December 2019. Atop the front lip of the loading platform lined with weeds and office furniture, I realize the building is a giant creamy cinder block, unsurprisingly soaked in graffiti. Though remnants of human activity are scarce, I can't help but wonder, am I here alone? These crumbling vacant spaces are the perfect place for a vagrant like me to hide. I rush to the sound I think I hear in building number two, watching my step, who knows where a zombie corpse might be rotting. As I move through the space, I begin to see ghosts. They like to make their presence known to me in these sanctuaries of forgotten history. Lives were lived here, and though I don't know any of them, my imagination flares as I drift through the decaying structures that once saw so much human activity. I see their faces, though I don't know who they are, what happened to them, where they wound up. They bring a sense of comfort, unlike the zombies I pray to avoid. I step outside to a connecting courtyard and notice a freight elevator. I stand still and listen to the silence of the cicadas, then make my way into a large workroom. Giant machines stand still in an open arena. Drawers flung open, documents strewn all over the floor, company notices dangling off crooked bulletin boards, computer chips, fax machine phones, dented filing cabinets, and smashed glass and insulation hanging by a thread from the ceiling. I move through the room as silently as possible. If there's one thing I've learned, it's that noise attracts the zombies. Suddenly, the machines turn on. I freeze. Then, panic, seeing a master switch on the opposite side of the room. I race to the master switch, yank it, and the machines slow, sputter, and stop. The silence enters in again. I quickly leave the building. The sun pierces my skin as I slump down to rest. I touch the spot on my arm where I got my first and second jabs. That entire experience felt like a movie in and of itself, 
Military personnel everywhere you looked, flashing signs for vaccine parking up and down the long road to the giant stadium in Utica, New York, on a gray day in early April. I'll never forget the sight of walking into that Thunderdome and seeing tables and tables of people getting their arms pricked. Real-life sci-fi at its finest. Post-apocalyptic, to be sure. Isaac Asimov would be proud. I step through a portal into another large, dimly lit room. It's a strange scene. Settled in the corner of the room stands a giant birthday cake. It's about three feet tall, seven feet in diameter, made of wood, and hollow in the center so that someone can stand in the middle and serve drinks. Happy birthday is awkwardly splashed across the front. I glance into the next room where three spots on the wall are illuminated by light pouring down from above. In each spot, there's artwork basking in the glow of the peeping sunshine. Whoever had their birthday here must be an artist, a like-minded spirit. I hope they're still alive. I wander into a beautiful room full of lights dangling from the ceiling. Then, rustling. I rush towards it and go outside again, standing between the new wing of the factory and what appears to be the backside of the old wing. The roof on this side looks like it's been ripped off a rural European warehouse, a crimson salmon color that really stands out. I pass into the old wing and into a long hallway. More evidence of human existence stares back at me. There are no zombies in sight as I walk down the hall. I note the clumsily installed offices fitted with tacky wooden and vinyl paneling. Messages like, Do you love it? Or, That's hot. Are splattered across most of the walls like blood. I decide the floor is unsafe to proceed, so I turn around, walk through the building to an empty warehouse. Then, in the silence, I hear a CB radio in the distance calling out for anyone who's alive, and so I run towards it and wind up outside, and again, nothing. It's quiet, save the cicadas. The CB radio, like most everything today, was only in my head. I turn and see a hill, so I ascend. Every step I take, I think about the pandemic. I miss my family. I miss my friends. The isolation has felt like a true zombie apocalypse, but... When I reach the top of the hill and look down, I see how fully actualized my Silent Hill reverie slash nightmare is. This is where I stood in December of 2020. The first time I came here, lonely and still very much afraid of the virus, 
and saw the seismic sage of fog that encroached and blanketed the entire factory loudly, unapologetically. And though it's warm and the golden hour has set in, I close my eyes and see the fog again. It consoles me, whispering that I can come back whenever I feel afraid of the big bad world around me, a world that seems to have been turned upside down for, well, maybe forever. If you're just tuning in for the first time, then welcome to the second season of Abandoned, the All-American Ruins podcast. Join me every other week as I take you on an immersive sonic journey, recounting my expeditions of abandoned spaces across the United States, which I transform into fantastical audio experiences that allow you, dear listener, to dive into my imagination with me, or maybe inspire you to go out and use your own. Next time... We're wrapping the second season at the abandoned Neuweiler Brewery in Allentown, Pennsylvania, and I'm going to open up to you a little bit about a side of my life I've only hinted at in previous episodes. My sobriety. If you don't want to miss it, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you really like what you hear, would you also feel comfy subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show? It's really helpful. Or honestly, just pass it along. Share it with your people. I'd love it. Also, if you like to read or enjoy amateur photography, just know that each episode this season is adapted from the original All-American Ruins blog, where you can catch up on more of my adventures. Just visit allamericanruins.com or follow me on Instagram at allamericanruins. Actually... Want to see if what you conjured up in your imagination today while listening to the episode matches the real AFI packaging plant? Well, you can. You can go see the real thing and watch the Hudsey adaptation of this particular episode at Hudsey.tv. That's Hudsey.tv. Abandoned, the All-American Ruins podcast, is hosted, written, edited, and produced by me, Blake File, with studio space courtesy of Radio Kingston, WKNY, AM 1490, FM 1079 in Kingston, New York. Special thanks to Ida Hakala, Jimmy Buff, and Manuel Bloss for the resources and encouragement, Carrie Donahue and the staff and faculty of the SUNY Stony Brook Audio Podcast Fellowship for the mentorship and guidance, and to you, the listener for taking the time to explore these abandoned spaces with me.